Hey, WizKids. Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Before we get to our interviews with Jody Meeks and Andrew Sharp from Sports Illustrated, we want to remind you that you can watch tomorrow's Wiz Heat game on Monumental Sports Network, the app that transforms live basketball into an interactive, personalized experience. Instantly watch between four live camera angles and even rewind to watch from a different angle. Start your free trial for Wednesday's game at GetMonumental.com. Hey, WizKids, welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Chris Gehring and Jeremy Hyman. Uh, we're going to talk a little preseason before we get to some interviews with the Red Hot Jody Meeks, which we recorded at training camp in Richmond, and then with Andrew Sharp, who from Sports Illustrated, we recorded with him uh, Friday at halftime of Wiz Knicks, the, the best place to be during the weekend. A thriller. Uh, we've actually got some news that came out of uh, Wizards camp this week. Sheldon Mack suffered a torn Achilles. He's getting surgery this week. Really an unfortunate break for one of the the Wizards' um, young players. You know, he went undrafted, but probably, honestly, guys, maybe the most loved teammate on this team. A tough break for him. Um, We assume he's going to miss the rest of the season. I think six to eight months is the prognosis, but initial takeaways from that, I mean, you guys – uh, didn't see it live. You know, you both weren't there, but it was it was pretty gruesome. Yeah, I mean, he he is a, an interesting case in that he came into the team last year, like you said, as an undrafted free agent, but really fit with this group kind of like right off the bat. And I and you know, you noticed that media day and things this year that he was kind of a seamless transition into the team. Guys recognized him as kind of like one of the more lighthearted guys, the joker in the locker room, somebody who kept it, kept it fresh and kept it fun and, um, you know, always was, was, had a smile on his face, was working hard. We all know that his, you know, relationship with John Wall really grew this summer. And so I think everybody was really looking forward to what, what he could do and, and the kind of growth that he made in the summer. And it's just, uh, it's a real shame that we're not going to, we're not going to get to see that at least, um, at least in the immediate future. Yeah, that's that's probably the best way to put it is we don't we don't know what we would have got out of Sheldon this year on the floor. I mean, we talked with Scott Brooks yesterday and he said, you know, he might not have found minutes a lot of games. We we don't know. I mean, he could have come along, you know, made giant leaps and really worked into the rotation this year. He did, you know, he had a great summer. He worked out a lot with John. He's very close with John. So, I think everyone, you know, like you said, everyone really feels bad for he's such a good kid and you know, he worked, had a really good summer. We kind of wanted to see what would what this year would be with him. And from the, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint and just kind of on the floor, you lose Sheldon May. I don't know if you're going to, like, are you going to take away wins from the Wizards now? Probably not. Like, because no. cause right. we, didn't, we didn't know, you know, we didn't, he, there's a chance he might have gone a good portion of the season without playing. I mean, that's, you know, he was one of the he guys. He also wasn't guaranteed to make the team. Well, that's also. true. That's sure. true as well. I mean, there's contract uh, stipulations with this injury as well. Um, but just from sort of the on-the-court factor, you know, he was going to be battling with Tim Frazier, Thomas Sadoransky, these guys, to be the reserve guards. And they had about six of them that were, you know, capable. So we don't know where he might have fell in that, that rate, you know, in that order for Scott Brooks. But just from sort of the personal standpoint, that's where it's really the hardest because, you know, 
I think maybe fans, you don't get to know the players as well like we do because we're around it so much. But, you know, you see Sheldon, Matt goes down. It's like, eh, you know, not a big deal. Like the team can move on, which there'll be, a, you know, the team's going to be fine. But when you're inside the locker room and you're around the guys, you can really feel the personal side of it where, you know, it's just it's just a tough blow. But he's a tough kid and the recovery starts now. I mean, this is the next it's going to be a long process but guys have come back from that Achilles injury and they can you know have a great career I mean Tim Frazier talked with us yesterday he had an Achilles injury in college and he said you know how tough it was then but he's a Houston guy as well and he's you know going to be supporting Sheldon this whole time and that's sort of all you can do now you you got to the mental part might be tougher than the physical part, just coming to work every day in rehab, but that's part of being a professional athlete. These kind of accidents and injuries happen. It's too bad, and I always feel terrible for the guys, but, uh, you know, that that's part of this part of the job, and now it's, it's going to be a big rehab season all year for him, and hopefully 2018-19 he'll be uh, back on the court and hopefully, you know, right back to where he was. Daniel Shafu was waived on Monday by the Wizards. Could be kind of a reflection of this injury in a way. Um, what did you guys make of that? Another undrafted guy who maybe you know wasn't going to make the team in the end anyway. This could give him an opportunity to make it with another roster, kind of figure out his options if he decides to go overseas, if he wants to make it in the G League. But um, takeaways from that decision. Yeah, I think – Looking at this roster now with, you know, you, you look at kind of the just the breakdown of the bigs in general. Also, obviously, keeping in mind the way that the NBA goes so often these days with maybe not needing necessarily a traditional big on the floor at all times in the first place. But when you have Martin Gortat, Jan Mahinmi, Markeith Morris when he comes back, Jason Smith, and then guys that can stretch like Kelly, like Otto, um, you know, as Coach Brooks talked about yesterday, the, the rotation is hard to break into as it is. Um, but certainly where they might want more depth is, is, is elsewhere. And so yeah. I think it, you know, it just came down to the, to the numbers game for, for Ochefu. But in his case, you know, he got, to, he got to have a full season with the Wizards last year. He got to have a full summer with them this year and, and, and now a training camp. And so – He's been able to put some things together in front of people mm-hmm. who can give him another opportunity. He's had plenty of looks in that sense now. And he certainly has an NBA body and, and certainly has some athleticism as well. And so while it doesn't necessarily fit on this team right now with, with really the, the, the four top bigs, each having a very defined role in this team, I would say, each having something that they do very well for this particular roster – you know, it wasn't it wasn't the right fit here in Washington, but you know, certainly he has some tools that he could bring to another team, and obviously in the G League and, and overseas, there there's a there's a future for him certainly somewhere. Yeah, I think I think uh, with Dio, another another guy that you know we didn't peg in for a rotation guy this year. There's just there's just not enough space, uh, you know, bearing bearing injury. And last year there was the Mahimi injury, which kind of. You, can, you might have needed that extra center because yep. of that. Um, so that might have been how he made his way onto this team last year. This year, you know, fortunately, the team is healthier. Um, you know, Keith's injury is not supposed to be as long. 
Um, and, you know, Dio's really, really a center probably in this league. And that's a tough position now with the way centers, you know, it's not, it's not 20, 30 years ago where, you know, you had all these traditional bigs. It's just not that many anymore. And with Gortat and Mahimi, you kind of already have two. And then you have Jason Smith there at, as well. And, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a numbers game. Another tough, you know, great kid that we liked a lot, you know, got to spend time with last year. You know, spent the whole year up here with the team, which is great. Yeah, never had to go down to the G League. Right, yeah. right. And um, But it's just, it's just interesting how that stuff works. You know, Mac and uh, Jeff, who were kind of – we lumped them together a lot because they were the two undrafted rookies. Mm-hmm. They were both on la- the 2016 Summer League team. Then they made training camp. Then they made the team together. And now here they are this year, sort of a day apart. You know, one yeah. goes down for the season-ending injury the next day. Uh, Jeff who's waived and then it's um, but like we said I mean this is going to be a fierce battle I think with Mac now out they needed another probably going to need to keep an, a 15th uh, perimeter player I think they'd like to have some more depth so you know those last couple guys in camp it's uh, Donald Sloan Carrick Felix those kind of guys I think unless they want to go outside the organization you're probably going to see I think a 15th a 15th guy make it now with because of the season ending mm-hmm. injury to Mac, but that's all stuff. They have a week or so to right. decide. Yeah. And they could definitely find someone else who gets, you know, waived or cut from another team. There's yep. still free agents out there, but I think uh, what we've come to learn is that they, they do like Felix and Sloan. I think both of them are capable players. You know, Kelly Oubre had a great quote about Sloan after Friday or uh, was it Sunday's game about how much energy he brings and how he like mm-hmm. excites Kelly and Donald Sloan's proven himself as a backup point guard in this league. I mean, yeah. uh, John's mentioned that he he's played against him a considerable a considerable amount. He knows his game. Uh, one guy we we will have on this podcast, Jody Meeks, has been absolutely on fire. I know it's preseason, but guys still have to make shots. And mm-hmm. Meeks is, I mean, he's showing why the Wizards really have faith in this guy to be their their sixth man. Uh, maybe not taking the six-man title from Kelly, but as the, the gunner off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Three-point shooting, he's been getting to the line. I think his defense is better than we thought. I mean, what have you guys seen from him that stu- stood out so far? Yeah, we we noticed how much Boyan Bogdanovich added to the team last year when you got on at the trade deadline. And I think that I think that Jody Meeks can, is, is, can certainly shoot that well, if not better. And, and the way that he shot in preseason, the way that we saw him shoot in camp – um, he's really going to be able to add a, a, a really, really important dimension off the bench. And when you have guys that can find players like John Wall, certainly we've we've heard and talked about Tim Frazier's ability as a passer as well, and obviously we'll see more of that hopefully as the season goes forward. But Jody Meeks is a, is, is a, is a true gunner. He's a pure shooter. And when you know there are other guys that are going to need to require attention from opposing defenses – He's certainly one that's going to be able to find his spots. He's going to be able to sneak out to the perimeter and really do some damage. And in today's NBA, when you've got to be able to shoot the three, he, he's, a, he's a welcome addition. And certainly you know, we know about some of the previous health concerns and all of those things, but he's feeling healthy now. He feels good. And I think as, as the Wizards can preserve that, he's really going to be a, a really, really important addition to this team that I think – will probably surprise some people just because it it was certainly wasn't 
in a insane NBA offseason, it was it was definitely not something that made a ton of headlines. Yeah, an under the radar move that uh, could pay big dividends. Mm-hmm. We know how shooters have done here in the past playing with John. I mean, you just go down the list of guys that he's can find, you know, making open corner threes. Um, usually those wing guys is the guys that he really sets up. But you could see Jody playing with John and Brad. I think yeah, you could. he did this past weekend. Yeah, and I think you could see that during the season at times. You could see him playing at the end of games when, you know, when you need shooting and mm-hmm. you need uh, you need buckets. I mean, shooting is so important in today's NBA, and you can never have enough of it. You can't. You know, so you can teach guys how to, you know, become better shooters, but those natural, natural three-point shooters like Jody Meeks are not so easy to find. And I think having him healthy this year will be – I think that's probably one of the biggest sort of X factors for this season because if he is healthy and he's – I think he could be one of the key, key bench guys along, you know, when everyone's healthy with Kelly and Jason and, the, and Jan and those guys. Yeah, and you'll hear from him a little bit in the pod, but also his his status as a veteran on this team, one of the things that he mentioned to us in camp was that while he is joining a new team, terminology is different, things like that, he has found it you know, somewhat familiar. Once Now that he's gotten in the work with John and Brad and gotten in the work with guys in the summer before training camp. And so with guys like him and Tim Frazier, there are new bench faces, and I know that that's – always a topic of conversation with this team but I think in both of their cases and specifically Meeks you know he's I think he's going to be able to find his way in this team probably a little easier a little quicker I think the learning curve will be shorter for him as a guy who's been around a lot um, and has played against all these guys before he's also a guy hungry to go to the playoffs I mean he's been on a lot of bad teams Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another interesting take here is I I think you know he is a winner but he hasn't been able to experience that or he's gotten hurt Mm -hmm. on his winning team so interested to hear what he has to say that's coming up next here on off the bench you'll hear from Jody Meeks and then uh, we have an interview with Sports Illustrated's Andrew Sharp talking all whiz yeah stay tuned DC's own Andrew Sharp that's right Watch Level With Me, a monumental sports network original series, and get up close and personal with the Washington Wizards. Don't miss Bradley Beal and Phil Chenier in the newest episode. Start your free trial today at GetMonumental.com. All right, welcome back, fans. We are here with a special guest at training camp in Richmond. We have Jody Meeks with us on Off the Bench today. Thank you for joining us, Jody. Good to be here. So if we can jump right into it, it's first week's just about done here in camp. First off, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, first week's gone by really fast uh, for me, and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad to be on a on a winning team. And uh, we got some young guys, but you know they're considered veterans, really. So I'm uh, happy to be here. As a veteran, as a veteran in this league, and and you've joined the team with with other veterans like Mike Scott and and the like. While it's a new team and a new system for you. How much does your experience and, and Mike's experience kind of help, uh, like shorten that that learning curve and and be ready for to jump right in on a competitive team like this? Yeah, I think you know the more years you have in this league, uh, the more experience you have because of uh, multiple reasons. But uh, one example is play calling. Uh, it might be a different uh, 
play call, but the set is the same as another team. So you kind of pick up on it faster and uh, defensive coverages are usually the same and just different calls. So I think me and him um, have picked up, you know, really fast as, as well as Tim Frazier and the other veterans. Yep. Jody, John and Brad have talked about, you know, a lot of these guys have been here for at least last year, some of them a few years together. They said they're trying to figure out with some of the new guys to find your spots. They want you to, you know, to, to be able to find you in the spots you like to get on the court. How has that process gone so far in these first couple of days? Yeah, I mean, it's just the first couple of days, but I think we're, you know, getting acquainted, you know, really well. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, to see in, in a inner squad scrimmage because everybody knows the, the same plays. Yeah. Uh, so indirectly, you kind of cheat the play and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. uh, I think we'll see, you know, a better fit once the, the preseason games start um, and, and early on in the season. You're. You are one of the, one of the top sharpshooters in this league, and certainly on this team. And when you look around this roster, guys, you know there's there's ability to shoot the outside shot from all over the place. And then on the flip side, guys like John and Tim, who can who can put pressure and and, and really space the floor for you guys. Talk about I guess this just this team in general and how it's set up and how kind of everybody's coming into this camp. Kind of it seems like knowing you know the roles that they're expected to play on this team. Well, yeah, that was one of the things uh, that I, I looked at in the free agency, uh, coming to a, a, a team that already had kind of their um, situation set up. Uh, I didn't want to go to a team that's still trying to figure everything out. Uh, I feel like I learned uh, really well on the fly. And, uh, you know, guys coming in that can shoot the ball, myself, uh, Brad is here already, Mike Scott, Otto, um, and John and Tim can shoot it um, respectively also. So. I think uh, you know those two guys will put pressure on the defense and find us at our spots, and you know we got we got to knock them down. But that's what we've been doing our whole career. You've gotten about maybe three, four practices now with Scott Brooks, and you've, I don't know if that's enough time to kind of understand what kind of coach he is, what kind of guy he is. But your first impressions just of being able to interact with coach with Coach Brooks. Yeah, I mean, uh, guys respect him, and uh, you know he played in this league for a long time. He uh, he won in this league. Uh, so even though, even before I played with him, um, I heard great things about him from other players when he was at Oklahoma City. And um, you know he, he takes care of guys practice-wise, doesn't try to overwork you. And I, and being a veteran, that's that's one of the biggest things because you have a lot of mileage. Um, the games are hard enough, so you don't want to get uh, <laughs> beat up in practice as well. So um, I have nothing but great things so far, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with him. Is that the kind of thing that kind of like adds when you're when you're looking for a team as a veteran in this league? Is that is the coaching staff kind of a thing where you talk to other players? Is that kind of like part of the process? Kind of guys that have played for Coach Brooks or you know his reputation, his staff's reputation around the league? I think all of the above. Uh, you, you also uh, talk to him, you know, face to face or on the phone uh, yeah. when free agency starts. Um, not to say you can't handle a tough practice, but veterans don't usually like to practice every day hard, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. how it is. So yeah. uh, you, you ask other guys what their opinions are, um, you ask him, and then you make your decision. So, uh, so far, obviously I'm happy with my decision and I don't think I'll be unhappy, you know, the whole season. Yeah. What, what have you thought about some of the camaraderie stuff with these, with, with getting to know these guys, just whether it's been on the court or it's maybe the dinner or some of the stuff you guys have done off the court so far? Uh, I, I think it's a brotherhood. I think, uh, you know, mostly, um, guys are, I think, probably the team uh, range of age is probably around 25, 26, but everybody gets along. Um, 
there's no you know animosity towards anyone or coaching staff or from top to bottom everybody's um, are good guys so um, I have a really I had a really good impression coming in and you know it's still it's still great yeah it seems like something that you know is is kind of important for obviously we saw this team really come together last year and kind of have that atmosphere is um, you know what's the what's the biggest thing that you have kind of taken into this camp and talking to this coaching staff obviously as a veteran you know you know kind of what they want you to do and what they expect from you but now that you've gotten into camp what's kind of the biggest thing that, that you're working on kind of getting into this team and um, kind of finding your exact spot with the squad yeah I think you know early on I'm just trying to uh, get acclimated to everything um, new plays uh, where to be in the in the spots um, in the offensive sets um, defensive coverages even though I'm I'm pretty familiar with uh, most of the sets uh, there's still different play calls so I have to you know, obviously memorize that and, and get acquainted with that. Um, but as a veteran, you want to lead by example. Uh, you want to have, you know, respect from your teammates. Uh, I'm not saying I'll have to be a, you know, a rah-rah guy or somebody that has to talk every day, but uh, when you do decide to say something or when you do lead by example, you want guys to respect you, so. We're here at training camp with Jody Meeks in uh, Richmond as we're wrapping up the 2017 Wizards camp. Jody, another one for me. Is there anything that's taken you by surprise so far, is there any maybe a player or anything that's kind of just been something you didn't expect or something that uh, you came in that's just kind of taken you for a bit of a surprise? Uh, not not to uh, fresh off my mind, no. Um, I pretty much expected everything. Uh, it's my ninth year, so yeah, it's really nothing that you can really throw at me that'll surprise me. Um, I've always considered myself mentally to be one of the younger guys, and now that I'm older, it's kind of funny to see the the process and the evolution. So. Um, I'm having a good time though. Any any jokesters on the team? <laughs> that you? Sheldon Mack, uh, <laughs> John, uh, everybody's all good dudes though. So it's all yeah. fun and games, and uh, you kind of need that to to balance out the locker room. Is it is it kind of important to as we talked about like that family atmosphere and guys being you know light lighthearted <laughs> in the locker room and things like that? Is it also helpful to get away from D.C. for a little while for, for camp and just in general in your experience, you know, teams that go away from their home city and kind of get on the road early and, and kind of have that experience with guys that, you know, inevitably are in and out of the team from year to year? Yeah, I think so. Uh, this is only my second time uh, going away for training camp. Uh, the other time I, we went to China. Uh, but I think it's a good yeah. thing just to kind of, well, for China experience another part of the world. Uh, and, and now just kind of get away. You know, obviously you still talk to family and friends on the phone, but to not see them face to face and to get away is, is better team bonding. You see everybody yeah. spend more time uh, with yeah. coaching staff and, and teammates. So I think it's good. And you know how the the schedule has changed this year in terms of they're moved up the start of the season. Preseason is going to be shorter. Um, I don't know how much you guys have already talked about if preseason, you know, minutes might change a little bit, or if you have to, you know how before, if you had eight preseason games, you could kind of pick and choose which ones a vet might play. Is, is any of that, do you know if any of that's going to change for you or for some of the guys? Uh, ha we haven't talked about that uh, as far as I know. With myself, I haven't talked to Coach about that. Okay. Uh, but I, I think as it gets closer, um, we, we might talk about it. But, you know, I plan on doing whatever that, that uh, you know, Coach Brooks wants. and. I'm available to play if, if he want to get if he wants to give me give me some rest and that's fine too. What what are your thoughts of, of how the NBA and the players I know have it's kind of been a joint process of working together to change how the schedule is going to work and spacing it out more. I think it's great. Uh, 
you know, fans want to see guys play every game, so I think this is the best way to, to see that. Um, I know Charles Barkley said had a, something <laughs> smart to say about uh, back-to-backs, but this is a this is a new era. Yeah. Um, guys are heavier. Guys, you know, play year-round. From I've been playing year-round since AAU, since yeah. I was you know 14 years old. So uh, those years and those you know minutes and pound on your body takes a toll. So um, I think it's I think it's great for the league for guys to get rest if you're nursing a some type of minor injury. You can get more rest and not have to play the next night. So I think it's good. Yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be it's going to be good for I think for everybody involved and young guys too. You know, preserving that long term, like you said, you guys have been playing at a high level and and often you know from a much younger age than just even college. But you know, certainly for guys, it'll be very interesting to see kind of how you know guys who are rookies this year coming into the league and having a more spaced out schedule throughout their career. How that kind of how that kind of adds into it. What's the what's the biggest thing when you get from you know from the close of camp and you finally get into preseason games? What's the biggest, like, I guess, change? Is it excitement? Is it, you know, exciting that the preseason's shorter and the season's kind of right on the doorstep? Yeah, I mean, I think all of the above. Guys are excited, uh, for one, just to get here for the first day of camp. I know I was excited. I didn't sleep much. Uh, and to be in a, in, a, in a new environment is always uh, fun for me. But uh, I think the biggest thing is just to try to take care of your body. I think, uh, you know, even though we haven't had, you know, a two-a-day back-to-back, we've, we've done something every day. And uh, your body, you know, gets a little tired, so you gotta see the training staff, do treatment, ice. Uh, especially as I'm getting older, just try to take care of my body more. And uh, I think going into the preseason and season, you want to be as healthy as possible. Yeah. All right. Well, we hear uh, team security Jackie Miles <laughs> yelling for the bus, which means our our interview here is all wrapped up. Thank you for joining us, Jody, and we wish you the best of luck this season. Thank you. Thanks, Jody. Before we get to Andrew Sharp's interview, just want to remind you all that Wednesday's game between the Wizards and Heat can be seen on Monumental Sports Network. Start your free trial at GetMonumental.com. We're here with Andrew Sharp from Sports Illustrated. Also, you want to plug your own podcast as well? <laughs> Open floor. If you're into general NBA news, we, we have two episodes per week. Okay. A little more general, uh, national when, you know, we're very Wizards focused I'm here. honestly, I'm on a, a quota, open floor wise and Sports Illustrated wise. Like, they limit my Wizards takes uh-huh. to like two or three times a year. <laughs> if I had my choice, I'd be like updating them on every Kelly Oubre twist and turn. <laughs> For those that don't know, Andrew's a, a big Wizards fan. Uh, been Bullets Wizards yeah. throughout his life. Uh, so we're just going to dive right in. Andrew, what are you? What are your thoughts on the Wizards? We're currently sitting here at preseason. I mean, it's hard to take anything away right now, but it's looking into the season. We're here, halftime of Wizards-Knicks, um, <laughs> scintillating action during a Nats playoff game. But I would rather be here. Yeah, I'm yeah. pumped to be back uh, at the Capital One Center. I'm still getting used to the new name. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I feel really good about what's possible this year i think the big thing is just going to be sort of building on last year's progress there have been a couple false starts over the last like four or five years where like it's looked like they were turning a corner and they just the next season sort of fizzled so i think 
this is a good opportunity for them to sort of show na- national audiences and particularly other players around the league like last year was not a fluke and that this is sort of where the Wizards are going to be near the top of the East every year. Yeah, and, and we obviously know like what this we know what this starting five can do. We've watched them, and obviously having Keith Morris out for a little while, um, you know, is going to be difficult to manage a little bit maybe at, at the start of the season. But by the end, figuring that they're all healthy, the veteran additions that this team made. They talked a little bit in camp about how they're they're not flashy additions, but they are guys that should be able to like adapt quickly. And we just watched Jody Meeks light it up in the yeah, first half of can this shoot it. Wizards yeah. camp. Speaking of it, but. What are your thoughts on, the, I guess, that those additions? And obviously the bench was an issue last year, and so, you know, going forward. Um, the, those additions are all helpful. I think I, I'm i not as bummed out as I maybe should be about the Markeith injury because I think that it's a challenge that will be healthy for the Wiz early on. This is like mm-hmm. the first year in a couple years where the schedule is actually it sort of breaks our way a little bit early yeah. on. Um, so... They're not going to be facing like a murderer's row of teams, and it's going to give Scott Brooks uh, a chance to sort of tinker around and see exactly what he has with a guy like Mike Scott mm-hmm. and jo- Jody Meeks is is another big name, or not not the biggest name, but he's going to yeah. be solid, and that's what they needed. Is they needed solid guys for those like that eighth, ninth, tenth man on the team, and. Um, I think it's still like the season is going to sink or swim with Wall and Beal and particularly their ability to be on the court because they are so good that if they're there, the, the Wizards have a pretty high baseline. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, knock on whatever you got near yeah, you. We've got some plastic got seats plastic here. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but I think they're in good shape. Yeah. And with Otto Porter getting that extension – yeah, or the, not an extension of the contract. John Wall with the extension. I mean, what what everyone's saying, Otto Porter needs to make a jump. But what does that mean? So what it means to me, I was talking about this before the game tonight. Is like w- one out of every three games Otto played last year, he looked phenomenal, and he was like exactly the kind of two way wing who just does a lot of little things that all good teams have, um, and he wasn't consistent enough last year and like that's not really a knock on him because he was still young but like the the step forward is to be that guy who scores 18 points a game grabs five or six rebounds gets his hands on on a lot of balls defensively and uh is just sort of like a great glue guy every night and Mm -hmm. um i i think that's one of the reasons i'm excited about this year so i think he's got that in him like I, if you're expecting Otto to be like an all nba guy who justifies a 130 million dollar deal or whatever that's probably not going to happen but <laughs> yeah. like he's going to be a real solid piece um and and he's also going to have every every now and then he'll have games where he just goes nuts um which is great too and we, and we know, and especially with with guys like John and Brad. I mean, John now an All NBA player on like finally on a list. Yeah. But Bradley Beal still a lot of years ahead of him to grow. Not yet an All Star officially. For, I guess one is this the year he makes he makes an All Star team, and two is that kind of an austri- uh, underestimated part of this team's growth. Like, can Brad? And Yo, John, that's like, my thing. Yeah. That's why. Like, that's the, look, and I feel like a homer, especially when I'm not on this podcast, but when I'm on like national <laughs> yeah. podcasts or whatever, talking yeah. about how how much room the Wizards have to grow. Yeah. 
and it seems like some like empty praise you would give to a team that didn't really do anything. Yeah. But I really think Beal has another level, and we started to see it towards the end of last year. And if we get that version of Beal for the entire year, like that's definitely an all-star, and he's one of the best guards in the league. And and Wall has been elite for like one or two years now, and um, you're, we're right in the middle of his prime. And he's a guy who like he makes life so much easier for a player like Otto Porter or Kelly Oubre or Jody Meeks. Like he he's like a one man offense um, and sort of like a cheat code almost. So I think having him in it at his peak is going to be huge, but it really is like Beal and Beal and Otto are still getting better, which is exciting. As someone who covers the league nationally, but also obviously you have a little bit of a wizard's bias. What are the theories that you've heard from the national level versus the people you probably talk to, you know, at the game tonight, the local people, what, what are those discrepancies? Are they similar theories about the team or do you feel like locally people are more, you know, invested, you know, they think more highly of the team? Yeah. So it's pretty funny. I mean, nationally people just don't take the wizards that seriously. And that's I I get it like they they coming out last year after they lost to the Celtics saying that the Wizards a couple people said like we were better than them and we should that we should have won and like so national people are like well why why didn't you win like <laughs> that's not yeah. it's not cool to say that after the fact uh, and there have been a lot of times where just like like I said like a couple years ago they were in this same spot where they, they were a team on the rise and then things kind of just fizzled and guys weren't healthy and uh that said like i think that's an advantage you know like let the whole country write the celtics into the conference finals like that's fine that's more motivation for wall and beal and everybody else and like no none of this stuff gets decided in october so it's this is this is a year this preseason game doesn't matter (laughs) sadly sadly but uh i i think there's plenty of room to for them to sort of make some noise regardless um and and i think this is at the end of this year if they can can take a step forward and and make it into the conference finals like then next summer is going to be a whole different conversation. Yeah, and you wonder like if, if you know if they get off to a better start than two and eight, you know if they don't have such a false yeah. start at the beginning of the year, combined with those national TV games that you know we've heard John talk about, we've heard Coach Brooks say that like those are you know more important than maybe some people think. Like they you want to play on national mm-hmm. TV, you want to get that exposure. Um, I just wonder if that's going to be something that. You know, by the end of the regular season, if people have seen the Wizards all year at a healthy-ish state, then you know we f- we find that that the recognition comes. It but, seems like we see like Twitter light up when John Wall goes yeah, nuts. Always. Yeah, the more that he's in front of people, yeah, like it'll be interesting to see. Wall, for me, watching him every night, and then obviously I've seen a lot of Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook. Like he's the same level of talent and just sort of like. The, the energy that he brings to every game is is its own show. Um, the one thing you you mentioned is the start last year, like two and eight, and it's important for for me as a fan to remember how depressing those oh, first man. couple yeah. weeks were. Like walking around Verizon, everybody was in a bad mood, <laughs> and the team it was, was brutal. <laughs> it just looked like because it. Uh, Beal had just signed that like $130 million deal and we were just like alright so the Wizards are just locked into this team that isn't good and then it, it all kind of clicked so it like 
that alone is reason to be excited. It's like we're in good shape compared to what things could have been. Yeah, that was a special. I mean, it was combined with right, like all of the negativity after fifteen, sixteen, too. Yeah. And so like, yeah, those yeah, two exactly. things kind of compounded. Yeah, there I were there like were John Wall trade rumors oh and like and. Yeah. It was it was dark and yeah. it doesn't yeah. take much for people to just turn and be like, all right, yeah, we're I rebuilding. Almost, I almost wonder too if it's just like a thing where if it clicks right off the bat. Obviously, we said Keith Morris yeah. might might prohibit that from being like a yeah from a huge. He's gonna start. win you three four games. But when that combines with you know if Brad and John get off to a hot start and they play extremely well, and people recognize like, oh wow, this core is here. Like mm-hmm. this is the this is the Wizards for yeah for the next five years. It'll be interesting to see how that you know we talk about narratives all the time. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how that narrative changes. Yeah, well, and as yeah. far as the like the the panic last year, I I understand it, and I mean, I never thought we should ever trade John Wall, but I I understood why people think that were thinking it at the time, just because you rarely see teams go through what the Wizards went through and then actually turn it around. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a kind of a testament to just how good Brad and uh, and Wall were. And also, Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks. Yeah. I mean, like, he did like a no hell of a job. Him. It's not a coincidence that every single player on the team had, like, the best year of their career last no year. Question. Right. And they'll tell you that, too. The players will tell you that. And it seemed like they had that attitude yeah. training at the camp. very beginning of training camp oh, last year and yeah. certainly this year. Yeah, just a bunch of little tweaks that he threw in there where it was like, all right, Brad, step back two feet and take threes instead of 20-foot twos. And then, like, that made a big difference. And he was – he got Beal to be more aggressive. He got Wall to play a little bit more under control. And it it was – it worked, you know. What other buzz have you been kind of hearing, talking about in the East – I know you were talking about how uh, you were up in Philly. They mm-hmm. have a lot of hype. They'll be here opening night. We were just talking about how exciting that's going to be. The rest of the East, a lot of change. A lot of a lot people of heading change, west. Man. It's like the gold rush. I can't wait. <laughs> it is like the gold rush. I don't know why anyone would want to go west. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, you know, just get, life is easier out here. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but uh, the what am i hearing i can't wait to watch the celtics that's gonna be really interesting um i think it's gonna be more complicated than people expect Definitely. uh just because four returning they, players yeah four returning players they lost like every credible defensive guy they had and, and i mean there are some people who really think <clears throat> jalen brown is going to be like a stopper but he hasn't been that thus far um so they're going to be really interesting and then I don't know how the rest of the the hierarchy is going to shake out. Like the the Wizards still have to prove that they belong in that top two or three, and then um, beyond that, it's like the Raptors seem like they're due for a step back. The uh, the Bucks, like I don't know. <laughs> it's That's, it's yeah. there's a lot of the Bucks are getting a lot of hype, but they still don't have very much around Giannis. Right. Um, so bottom line, it's wide open for Washington to like sort of have a have a fun little year here do you feel like if the wizards would be in position with 10 games left to get that one seed would it be would they be the team that needs to get it the most out of anyone in the east because of not having to play cleveland or boston most likely in the second round because everyone's saying get to the eastern conference finals that's the goal Mm -hmm. is that kind of a strategy to get there 
I don't know that. I think I know that's a very specific question. No, it but, is. It but is. But thinking long term already, if if you're saying Wizards are one of the you know top four teams in the East, there's a lot of difference between the top five and the the rest of the East. Yeah, it, it is a very specific question, and it's smart. But I'm I'm unwilling to cross that bridge until, until we get you there. Know, <laughs> you know that everyone is actually healthy. And yeah, exactly. But it I do think that home court is going to be important. Um, and we the right matchups like yeah. look say what now i sound like I'm, I'm one of the wizards who was like talking <laughs> trash after the celtics loss but this the wizards would have done a better job against cleveland than boston did yeah and i like i hope that they get that chance whether it's in the second round whether it's in the conference finals um and uh yeah i think i think they they match up well with just about everybody because Kyrie can't guard and he's not going to be able to guard Wall, and the, and Avery Bradley's not on the Celtics anymore. So, yeah. that was yeah. the biggest thing that we talked about in this off season is while you add Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, that's obviously phenomenal. Anytime yeah, you that's get not two why they quality won. guys, but that's not what beat the Wizards in Game Seven, and that kind of defensive grit. And obviously, we know that Bradley can perform on the offensive end too. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Avery, Bra- Avery Bradley harassed Wall yes. the second half of that, half of that series, and that's yeah. not going to happen again. Um, right. And and Boston didn't do the deal for this year anyways. Like right. They're sort of moving yeah. chips around. We talked to Brian Scalabrini yeah. recently about that, yeah. of course, yeah. you know, defending the Celtics. and <laughs> Whatever happens for them this year yeah. is a bonus as far as right. they're concerned. Right. And, uh, and that's all the more reason that the Wiz should be sort of pushing all their chips in here to try and, and make – Make some noise, and then the reason I the reason I think that this season is important, like I'm excited regardless, but the rest of the league, you look at the way the Celtics got Kyrie, like he kind of leveraged his way there because he saw that they were close, and other players around the league are going to see that if the Wizards can can take another step this year, they're, right. they're going to see that like all this stuff is real, like every every star in the league should want to play with John Wall, and uh, so hopefully that's where we're headed. Final predictions for the season. Yo, I, I'm 50 scared. wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at Sports Illustrated, we do a, our NBA preview, and I predict. I initially predicted the Wizards to make the to, to be the one seed in the East okay. and win like I think like 55. I'm sure, games. they gave you a lot of. They gave me a lot of grief for that one, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk jinxing anything with too much optimism. But I think 50 wins should be like the minimum goal okay. this year and uh, especially considering how how much of a mess the rest of the east is so let's go get 50 you know okay. <laughs> from Nick, from 50, the next preseason win ready game. yeah, yeah. Right. check back in the playoffs there you go <laughs> right. well we want to thank you for joining us on the podcast andrew uh that'll be all from here at halftime of Wiz nicks the preseason thriller zach rosen chris Gehring. have a good one dc family